0: Listener discretion is advised as... What's going on, Wi Fi and data users? And welcome to the Professionally Silly Podcast. And uh, if you're new here, I'm your audible Boot thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And uh, shit's about to get real. <laughs> this is the podcast you can experience the internet in all its glory audibly. Yes, we discuss a lot of random things here ghost stories true crime hilarious news stories and things that make you go what the fuck <laughs> you know first things first uh let's open up my beer fuck i'm thirsty <clears throat> stella or i hope that you guys are doing okay during this insane coronavirus scare and not even a scare it's real it's terrifying There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. We got asteroids flying around. You know what I'm saying? I heard Oprah may have gotten arrested for uh, child trafficking. And fuck, you know, Trump is still saying shit. And there's just things happening. So let me sip this. mm, mm, That's what I needed. There are things happening. So uh, tune in with me and uh, let's try to block all that shit out for for an hour or so how about that yeah <laughs> all right so first things first want gonna go ahead and uh, shout out my listeners new and returning and um, I appreciate you guys letting me molest your ear canals with my melanated golden voice Rawr. you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> last week we talked about some of the weirdest Craigslist ads uh, just hilarious ones I don't know I don't know if you guys have um ever just go through Craigslist but people post the the most random shit on there. It there's just no shame at all. <laughs> None, you know. My fave my fave used to be um the misconnections section. I used to love that where people would try to find others that they thought maybe they shared a moment with, you know, the kind of I saw you from across the room thing. You know, I, I, I felt something. Did you feel something too? Kind of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, you know, meaning I was, I was staring at you Were you, did you see me staring? That's pretty much what they, <laughs> and the moments that they share, <clears throat> excuse me, they're always like just random as fuck, you know, like, Hey, I saw you on the bus. You had purple hair and a white cat in your book bag. I like the way you tied your shoes. If that was you, I'd like to buy you a beer and maybe strangle you to death later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, that, that strangle you to death later is like in the fine, fine print. You have to be really careful with Craigslist, oh, the joys of Craigslist. Okay. So <laughs> this week, <laughs> thank you, Stella, this week we are going to jump into some true crime. That's right, bitches. We're going to talk about some murder, (laughs) but um, we are going to talk. We're going to go back in time to the 1800s to a tiny little town that I like to call Chicago. (laughs) No, it's actually a super big ass, uh, amazing city, but they also have a sinister past thanks to the man that is known as America's first serial killer. AKA Devil in the White City aka HH Holmes. Yep. I said a lot of letters of the alphabet just now. AKA HHH is just a lot. I'm sorry. Um so yeah, uh the 1800s, what a wonderful time to be alive, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it was definitely a time of transition. I'll give you that. America was learning <clears throat> pretty much how shit worked, <laughs> you know. Doctors started to do <clears throat> it's not corona shut up i choked on my spit hold on just listen to this whole music I'm back. I have learned how to swallow my own saliva, so there's that. So, where were we? Oh, yes, we were talking about the 1800s. Ah, the 1800s. You guys remember back then? Yeah, we were all there. So, as I was saying, the 1800s was a time of transition. You know, America was learning how shit worked. You know, doctors started to do more than look at you and tell you that you have polio. And, oh, great. Someone smoke alarm was going off. Okay. All right. Back to it. <laughs> you know, so doctors would look at you uh, and they would tell you that you have polio or you've got cholera or you've got dysentery or whatever horrible shit that's going that you know that people died from back then it was just here uh drink this burning hot black oil it'll cure you you know (laughs) just shit like that go outside uh when it's cold as fuck outside and just stand there naked the the fresh air will, will, will 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 fix your lung cancer just crazy shit you know, things things have definitely changed uh, j- just just a bit, just a tad medically. <laughs> and that transitioning, that transition was uh, was happening during the late 1800s. So, you know, cheers to the to the late 1800s. Mm. I might be a little tipsy. Okay, now I'm sure that my true crime homies probably know all about him, or at least have heard of H. H. Holmes, but. I I I wouldn't be lying if I said I I didn't have a few question marks about the guy myself. I heard the stories regarding him and what he built, but I wasn't completely certain about everything. So, the research for this episode was interesting for me. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh shout out to Wikipedia, Britannica, uh Murderpedia, which once again is a real thing, YouTube and uh i uh, Appreciate you guys because uh that is those are the sites that I use to to, to research for this. So, fuck yeah. And in case you guys weren't aware, uh essentially a podcast is homework. You know, so yeah, writing book reports in school led me to my semi successful podcasting career. (laughs) All tens of my followers appreciate my book reports. Damn it. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. So Holmes was about five, eight with dark hair blue eyes, and about 155 pounds. Now, some say he was handsome, but it was the 1800s. Honestly, if you were still alive and uh, made it past 20, you were the shit, you know? (laughs) like Didn't take much, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) If for some reason God decided to spare you from, you know, dysentery or some shit, you had a few bucks or maybe you owned some land. Oh yeah, if you were a landowner, all the bitches came a running all right, so H.H. got a lot of bitches, I must say, killed most of them, but you know he was pulling he was pulling in some bush, and when I say bush, I mean bush, you know eighteen hundreds <laughs> you know yeah. but you know to 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 him, I guess he was like average dark and handsome i mean five eight ain't really that tall i'm five seven myself, so yeah, oh. That moment when you find out a serial killer is one inch taller than you, <laughs> I feel a little less than. Damn it. All right. So, oh, by the way, I, while I was doing my research, I came across this article. Um, have you guys ever heard the rumor that Meghan Markle uh, could be related to H. Holmes? Yeah, I saw this article on mentalfloss.com. While I was doing this research, and there was this show on um on Britain Britain's Channel Four called Meet the Markles, and uh, it was discovered on the show that Megan might be related to H. H. Holmes. Now, <laughs> this is that's kind of crazy. Uh, and the same, it was like, what's his name was um, Jeff Mudgett, and uh, he appeared on the show talking about this. He even believes that H. H. Holmes is also uh, Jack the Ripper, which is complete fucking bullshit. I mean, they they were both assholes, you know, but they were two different assholes, I feel like. But anyways, he appeared in the show talking about it, and um, a guy named Alvin Ward uh, wrote this article on mentalfloss.com back in May 2018, but a lot of people wrote about it. And uh, it says, and I quote, the claim comes from Holmes' great-great-grandson, American lawyer Jeff Mudgett, and uh, you guys will soon learn that H.H. Uh, H. H. Holmes, his uh, real name, his last name was Mudgett, which is really unfortunate, <laughs> but it says American lawyer Jeff Mudgett, who recently discovered that he and Markle are eighth cousins, if, um, if that connection is correct, then it would mean that Markle II is related to Holmes. So that's a quote taken from the article there. Obviously, I don't know if any of that is true, but it was a very interesting read it was. And I got to say, you know, her DNA has been so famous (laughs) over the last few years. You know, that's what happens when, when Negroes get into the palace, (laughs) we got to check out your DNA. Like, God damn, you know, (laughs) by the way, uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast on an Apple device, Hook me up with five star rating, please, and a uh, written review on Apple Podcasts, and I will be sure to share your review here on a professionally silly podcast and by the way leaving those five stars and uh leaving those written reviews it actually does help others discover um you know how awesome my professionally silliness is (laughs) because like the more the more reviews you get the easier it is for others to discover your podcast also guys if you want to join in on the silly you know i'm saying Uh, And you have the Anchor app. You can hit me up there, or you can call slash text my Google Voice number as well. So hit me up. My Google Voice number is down below in the show notes. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Before we get started with this uh, asshole serial killer, I have some information for those of you that want to start their own podcast with your voice, your ideas, and your creativity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All those things are perfect for a podcast. So yeah, tell the world what you got to say. You feel me? All right, pro silly listeners, let's get all up in it. Okay, that sounded... little weird okay so (laughs) serial killer stuff so hh holmes confessed to killing 27 people but police could only confirm nine but um that isn't even the tip of the iceberg he actually built an entire building that was made for him to trap torture and murder a lot of people so yeah shit is about to get real guys buckle up bitches okay let's do this <laughs> First off, his real name was Herman Webster Mudgett, which, can we be honest, his name didn't really instill fear. Upon hearing it, all right. <laughs> so he was born uh, May sixteenth, eighteen sixty one, in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. I hope I said that right. Shout out to uh, all you tourists out there. I guess woo, May babies. And um, he was the third child born in his family, out of five kids. And um, God, his parents are busy. It's been it's been difficult to prove certain things. Uh, that happened in his life because he was a notorious liar, uh, con artist, and all over human piece of shit. That's my quote. Um, (laughs) Anyways, his father, Levi Mudgett, who clearly had the better name in the family thus far, worked as a farmer and tradesman, and his mother's, his mother's name, his mother's name was like Theodate Price, it's like Theodore, but replace the R with a T. It's weird. I, when I when I read that name, I legit thought it was a typo. I was like, let me just check these other sites here. Oh, this is her name. Okay, <sniffs> moving on. So they were re- uh, very religious Methodist family, which is always nice. Uh, a creepily overly religious family. Uh, nothing can go wrong here. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> I'm sorry, but overly religious people scare the shit out of me. No, terrified. But um, it was said that his father, Levi, abused him. Plus, it couldn't... It, it didn't help that his dad was hella strict. Hmm. Thank you, Stella. I'm gonna say that every time I take a sip. <laughs> his dad was really strict, you know, and it's said that his father used to lock him in the attic, lock him up in the attic. So that's, that's creepy. Attics are dark and dirty. Who wants to be up there, you know? So anyways, little, little Mudget, um was bullied as a kid. And let's be honest, that usually leads to hell on earth for others later down the line. So, you know, <laughs> these kids these days, they get bullied and they want to shoot up their schools and shit. I remember when I was a kid, you got bullied. You just like, you just wrote really aggressive poetry or something. At least that's what I did. You know, (laughs) I don't know. Kids today are horrifying as fuck. I'm terrified of from, I'm terrified of anyone from the age of zero to 16. You guys freak me the fuck out. (laughs) Shit. Grow up. Anywho. So, uh, little Mudgett, he was bullied as a kid, you know, and, um, it said that a bunch of kids knew that he was afraid of skeletons. So, uh, there were some students who forced him to touch a human skeleton at the uh, local doctor's office that they broke into because, you know, that's what you do. And, uh, they brought him in there to freak him out, but instead he it kind of turned out he was intrigued by it, just kind of staring at it and shit. Later on, Rin lies. He's like really intrigued by human bodies, which, you know, is a little creepy. And he's also like into death now. So that's also double creepy. <laughs> but, uh, he, he did what a lot of serial killers did as kids. Yeah. He tortured and killed small animals and did experiments on them and shit, you know, as children do. I, I remember the last animal that I tortured when I was like five. No, that is not something normal children do. If your kid is torturing and killing animals and shit, it is a matter of time until they move on to bigger things like fucking people. So be good parents and be like, Hey, Billy, we need to go see a psychologist, psychiatrist therapy. I don't know which one it is, uh, but we need to see them all. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just, you know, food for thought, professionally silly life rules, guys, professionally silly life rules. All right. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so yeah, if you don't want your kid to grow up to be a serial killer, just pay attention to things like that. All right. Mm. Thank you, Stella. He was, (laughs) he was super smart, which is not a characteristic that I want someone serial killing to have. I'm not saying that I wanna be serial killed by a dumbass either. I don't wanna be serial killed, but I feel like I might have a chance if he's stupid. I might have a, a chance to get away. You know, anyhow. He uh <laughs> he graduated high school at 16, managed to find a woman insane enough to marry his crazy ass. Um, in, in 1878, he married this, uh, chick named Clara Lovering, Lovering. I think I saw you say it when he was about, uh, I think 17 and they had a son named Robert, uh, who was born two years later, which is kind of funny. Oh, it just, the name Robert now either reminds me of Robert Irving or Irvine. I don't know how to say his name. You know, that cool British dude who has that cooking show restaurant impossible. Love that dude either Robert Irvine or Robert the doll. There's only two Roberts in my life and that's, it's them. Moving on. So anyways, uh, Robert was born. (laughs) Just a lot of banter today. Banter by myself, I might add. (laughs) Banter by myself. Thank you, Stella. Um, (laughs) Robert was born two years later after they were married. His wife eventually left him because he was abusive to her and i I mean I myself lucky enough to have never been abused by my parents. thank goodness, knock on wood they're still kicking. they could still probably kick my ass if they wanted to, but thus far, it's been good. <laughs> it's been good, but a lot of abuse abusees abusees I don't know people who are abused uh sometimes not all the time can uh turn to be the abusers themselves, you know so it's, if he was indeed abused as a child, then it's not completely surprising that he's doing it as an adult to, uh, to his wife. So, but like, again, not all some. Okay. So don't email me bullshit or yeah, email me. I could use some entertainment there. All right. So then he, he lived between New York and Philadelphia for some time. And, um, After his wife left him because of all the abuse, he was like, fuck it. I'm going to live between New York and Philadelphia for some time. And he started uh, working as a certified public accountant. Um, And let me say, let me just say this real quick. Okay. And I think I've said this before, but you never truly know anyone. This dude is a public uh, certified accountant going around murdering people like that. That's some shit. Your, your H&R block dude could be a fucking serial killer. You don't... It's tax season. So be careful, bitches. Just be careful. <laughs> but you don't really know anyone. Your parents, your siblings, your neighbors, your boo thing, whoever. Everyone is capable of anything at any time. So hope you guys are enjoying your lovely evening. Okay. So, <laughs> he was... um. H.H. Holmes was, um, or Mudgett is his real name, Mudgett. Uh, he was pretty obsessed with skeletons and death, which is why he started to study medicine in Vermont for about a year at the university of Vermont. Uh, he was accepted into the university of, of Michigan medical school, the department of medicine and surgery to be exact. He was like, on his Grey's Anatomy swag can you imagine H.H. H. Holmes as a character on Grey's Anatomy that would be hilarious <laughs> if he's as attractive as they claim he is or whatever I guess he could have been like a Dr. McStabby I don't know <laughs> you know I don't I'm, that was a really that was a fun bit let's move on before it gets stupid or <laughs> stupid er stupid-er. Um by the way guys, Gray's Anatomy before it was a TV show was actually a book about human anatomy called Grey's Anatomy. I think it was spelled differently though. It was like the last name Grey instead of the color gray or some shit. I don't know. Look it up. I don't have time. So <laughs> and if you want to hear something fucked up, which you do because you're here, um, <laughs> Holmes would uh steal cadavers from the li- from the laboratory at his medical school. And he would disfigure them horribly, you know, or sometimes, you know, burn them somehow. And then he would put the bodies in places to make it look like they were killed in an accident. But it it, it didn't stop there. Uh, He would then actually take out insurance policies on these cadavers before he let them, um, before he left them be, before they were found, which is really, really creepy. Uh, and then he would collect the money once the bodies were discovered. So. Thank you, Stella. That is some crazy shit. I wish I had a bitch here named Stella handing me sips of beer. That would be kind of cool. I'm just saying. Yeah, I should get a Patreon so you guys could fund for that. <laughs> uh, the only two Stellas in my life is Stella Ortois and that bitch Stella from Stella Got Her Groove Back. You know, that's my shit. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. So lost my place, lost my place, getting money. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So uh, he would collect the money once the bodies were discovered. Now this is the, you know, 1800s. So it was the perfect fucking scam. No DNA. Everybody was stupid. Nobody looked into anything. There was no reason. You could, ev- you could just leave a state or a city and just be like, hi, my name is Sally. And now you're Sally. You didn't have to prove who you were. It was just so easy. It's so easy you know so police uh back then also weren't that great either (laughs) you know crime was pretty easy to get away with if you were smart as long as you weren't a stupid criminal it was pretty easy to get away with shit it really was You know, just keep moving. (laughs) Anyways, after he graduated from medical school, he moved to Chicago and worked at a pharmacy. Um, While in Chicago, he lived the life of a con artist and a good one at that. Speaking of con artists, uh, he married two more times after his first wife, whom he never actually got a legal divorce from. So that motherfucker was a bigamist. Is that the right word? whatever. I don't have time. (laughs) I am not a professional. Okay. If you're expecting facts and words that have for me to use words with the meanings that they're supposed to have, then you've come to the wrong podcast, madam, sir, or whatever you identify as. (laughs) Okay. So where are we? Okay. So he married two more bitches, um, after his first wife, and here's something that um, I didn't mention before. All three of his wives were from wealthy families. Bitches had money, okay? He um, had another child with one of his wives, and get this he never actually divorced his first wife, like I said the first time, okay? I wanted to remind you of that. He's a bigamist! No okay yeah you didn't fall for that for some reason I wrote that down twice I don't know why (laughs) that I could fool you you guys you guys are smart so back then you could say that you weren't married and there was no way to really check that there was no computers you know I'm saying there was no let me just go ahead and call this other state to me oh wait we don't have phones (laughs) that hasn't been invented yet (laughs) you know so you could just lie you know it was just easy um but before so uh no computers so right before he moved to chicago he worked at a drugstore in philadelphia we're going back in time again twice um and when the owner of the drugstore died dr holton he left it to his wife to take over now there are a lot of different versions of this story but this is the one i like the most <laughs> so um Uh, when the owner of the drugstore died he left it to his wife to take over but Holmes convinced her to let him buy the store so uh, apparently she went missing and no one ever saw her again so he he claimed uh, Holmes claimed that she moved to California but it was never actually verified and I'm telling y'all If this part of the story is true, he killed that bitch, just like all the others. I'm telling you, that is what happened, okay? Now, while he was working at the pharmacy, um, a, a young boy died after taking medicine that was purchased at the same store that Holmes worked in. Now, of course, he denied having anything to do with the young boy's death, but, you know, that motherfucker was probably guilty. Now, some say that he never killed the owner of the store or his wife, um, according to Wikipedia, which is a very trusted site, (laughs) like all of the internet is, uh, Dr. Halton also went to the University of Michigan and was a few years older than Holmes, uh, but what well, I don't I don't know if there's like in, I don't, apparently there's proof of that that they went to the same school but fuck it's a big schools so is possible you know what I'm saying but what I originally said earlier was creepier so we're just gonna go with that so he so Holmes he changed his name uh before he became uh Mudgett <laughs> his name was Mudget originally he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes which is how we got to know him as H.H. H. Holmes uh, he wanted to avoid being caught scamming people, so he actually had a lot of aliases that he um that he had. He ended up with purchasing um an empty lot across the street from the same drugstore that he now owns, and the crazy thing is is he sold that drugstore to uh a guy in his family for like a crazy price that he actually hired people to uh to pretend to be customers in the store sold this dude this crazy this drugstore thinking that the business was great everything was fantastic everything was gucci except it fucking wasn't okay because when he went home when the dude that bought the uh the building went home to get his family he returned and everything inside the drugstore was gone all the fancy fixtures all the drugs all the furniture everything was gone everything so then Holmes the lovely asshole that he is decided to um purchase the empty lot across the street from the drugstore like I said just now and um he decided to build a three-story building, which the neighborhood called the castle because it was big as fuck. And (laughs) it pretty much covered about a block, I believe, like a block radius. And so on the first level, they had like shops, like jewelry and, and barber shops. And of course, the brand new drugstore directly across the street from the same place that he had just swindled this family out of all their money you know so like I said he was an asshole (laughs) now little did the neighborhood know is that the building that he was building was something that no one would have expected What up ladies and gents, I've got some dope ass news that I need to drop on your domes real quick. I just downloaded this dope app called World's Greatest Videos. It allows you to create amazing videos and gives you the opportunity to win cash prizes. So join me in the global video contest, download the app, World's Greatest Videos, upload videos of your choice and shoot your shot to win some cash. There's nothing to lose and only fun to gain. Okay, so in 1889, Holmes hired many construction crews but fired them only after a few weeks of work. He did this so that no one would ever have a clear idea of what he was building. Now, he would come up with reasons. Oh, you didn't do this right. Oh, you're fired. You know, he would find ways uh, to, to to have to let them go. He didn't pay people. It, it, it was just crazy. He found a way to get everything he needed and wanted with as minimum payment as possible. I don't think he paid anything. And I'm talking like over 400 different people uh, worked on this structure He was designing a murder castle and he didn't want people to know what he was truly planning. Now, let me back it up just a smidge, y'all. Okay. HH, you know what? Let's, let's call him Triple H now. Okay. (laughs) Now, I know that's an iconic uh, WWE wrestler, but just for funsies. All right. So, so Triple H. Uh, was fr- was a freaking scam artist. He was, like I said, he was a con man. And people around him would just randomly disappear and he would claim their life insurance uh, with several different fake identities. Now, I do believe that this is how he was able to fund his murder castle and many other things that he was doing. Now, don't forget, he also was stealing cadavers from medical school and uh, setting them up as accidental deaths and claiming the uh, the life insurance on those bodies as well. So shit was wild. (laughs) Mm. It was just a bad time to be alive if you knew him. (laughs) this that's pretty much what that was so he built a three-story hotel on the corner of 63rd and wallace um wallace street in chicago and i mean this place was massive it took up an entire block okay and um it was opened uh for the world's Columbian exposition in 1893 so in 1893, Chicago, 1893, guys, we're talking about a long time ago, over a century, all right? Chicago hosted the World's Fair, which is a cultural and social event that, cele- that celebrates the, that celebrated, I guess, the 400th anniversary of Columbus uh, discovering America. Uh, it attracted people from all over the world, which, you know, screw Christopher Columbus. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. Uh, if you know your history, he was, he's nothing to celebrate. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you understand why I say that if you know history, but, uh, the world's fair was a big deal at the time. Very similar to the Olympics. Now in 1889, uh, the world's fair was in Paris and that is where they revealed the Eiffel tower. So clearly Chicago wanted to be the next location for the World's Fair. It was a big deal. And there were three cities at the time that, um, that ended up um, being in the running uh, for the World's Fair to be in their city, St. Louis, New York, and of course, Chicago. Now, Chicago was bustling at the time, definitely one of the most busiest and, uh, and then just (laughs) growing cities in the Midwest. It was just, it was a lot going on. A lot of drifters, a lot of people traveling there. It was crazy, you know, and the world's fair brought in millions of people. Now people traveled there by train every day to settle there. But once again, it was the 1800s. So I'm sure the, I'm sure the entire city smelled like like a slaughterhouse wrapped up in a bouquet of urine scent with a slight overbearing smell of animal shit. Ah, the 1800s. (laughs) I'm over myself. Okay. So let's break down this building a bit. Okay, uh, so the first floor, the ground floor, had various shops, retail spaces, like I said before, and um, he relocated his um, drugstore directly across the street, because, you know, grade A asshole, and uh, the other two upper levels included his, you know, lots of office space, workspace, and hundreds of rooms that people could rent, um, you know, rental space, apartments, things like that, but... um some of the rooms were extremely creepy as fuck. Some of the rooms were soundproof. There were secret passages, lots of hallways, and um, and mazes of staircases everywhere. Uh, some staircases led nowhere. Some doorways that opened, uh, they opened up to brick walls. Some of the hallways led to nowhere and were angled strangely. The whole place was confusing and creepy as fuck. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of windowless rooms with doors that can, you know, that can only be opened and locked and unlocked from the outside. Some rooms had chutes that dropped down to the basement. Uh, There was like, there was like a... Uh, vats of acid there waiting once you fall down these chutes. He also, um, Triple H, also had quicklime and a crematorium down there to help him dispose of the bodies. Trap doors, peepholes in weird places, hidden slides and chutes that I said before that led directly to his office and workstation. He had um, gas chambers. You know, a room that was there was a room that was filled with different torture devices that he designed himself (laughs) in the basement. He had a surgical table where he would dissect people and remove their flesh. Then this asshole would sell their organs to the black market and sell their and sell their skeletons to medical institutions, you know, and um, he took I got to say, he took the words, uh, con man and scam artist" to a whole new fucking level. He pretty much traveled throughout the entire country, scamming as many people as he fucking could. That's what he did, you know, and he was able to do all of this because he would bring in new contractors and no one would be able to piece together what he was building. Hmm. Thank you, Stella. So sweet. Um, <laughs> but, um, which by no, you know, which means no one would be able to report him to the police because no one really knew what was going on. Now, Triple H was smart as fuck. Okay. But in a creepy way, he he placed several ads in the, in the newspaper to advertise his new uh, creation as a place for lodging. He, his need for, uh, his need for employers, Uh, but he also was looking for young women to employ. That was what he really wanted. Uh, and the fact that he was a wealthy, we'll say quotes, wealthy looking man, uh, looking for a wife. He had this big ass hotel that took up a block. He dressed nicely. He looked all right. You know what I mean? So yeah, bitches was thirsty and he fucking knew it. So the newspaper was really busy with Triple H, him looking for a bitch through the newspaper and employees. Yeah, he was busy. Now he would make his employees get life insurance and then make them make them make him the beneficiary, which is in fucking sane. And it was like a stipulation of employment. Like you can't work for me unless you have a life insurance policy that I'm the fucking beneficiary of, all right? I, I don't give a shit, all right? That is a stipulation of uh, of employment. So, yeah, th- that's insane, you know? And uh, he was able to attract a lot of hotel guests with uh, very low prices because, you know, fuck, people like to save money. I know, I do, shit. <laughs> he also offered female guests work while they were at the hotel. So if you were like, oh, I can't pay, he was like, oh, well, I know a certain way you can pay off your debt. Let me murder you. (laughs) That's a great way, I guess. I don't know. But um, he would convince a lot of his female female workers and guests that he cared about them and gained their trust. Then he would tell them that he's going to marry, that he'll marry them if they switch their properties over to his name, which I have to be completely honest with you. I think that's stupid as fuck and I'm surprised anyone fell for that. I am, but I, I guess, you know, at this time women were like, most of them were just scouring the earth looking for a rich man to take care of them. I mean, women were starting to gain their independence at this time, but for the most part, we was like, uh, <laughs> dick, money, land, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, shit, that's how it was, um, <laughs> I'm I'm so fucking simple, now, I understand it's a different time, and, uh, and these women did think that he was extremely wealthy, but m- maybe they thought, He was their way out. It's not like life was fantastic in the 1800s. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if they had property already, you know what I'm saying? Then what the fuck do they need him for? So a lot of question marks here. It's like, why am I going to sign over my property to you just so you'll marry me? That makes no fucking sense. But you know, I'm one of those smarter ladies out there. Yeah. I ask questions. (laughs) All right. So then this evil jackass would take out a life insurance, uh, on them using fake identities. And, uh, he would of course kill them. Um, you know, kill them to death. (laughs) He would kill them to death that it makes no sense. I don't know why I wrote that, but he would kill them in his death hotel. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. (laughs) there was just no commas there and, uh, get rid of the body. And then he would, um, then cash in on their life insurance, on the life insurances. Now he even tried to set the building on fire at one point to claim the insurance money, uh, but they didn't believe him. So they didn't give him no fucking money. Now, lucky for him, uh, the building didn't burn completely down so he could continue his murderous spree. Ugh, that lucky, that lucky bastard. <laughs> now it was investigated and uh triple H got scared and he left the city. Now, later on down the line, mm, mm, oh, excuse me, but not too much later, he met this guy named Benjamin Peitzel. Um, you know, he 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 wasn't the smartest tool in the shed. He had a criminal past, but he wasn't a murderer or anything like that. He was just a tool. Just one of those guys who just kind of joins and blends in with the crowd. He was khaki. He was just khaki. All right, so a guy... Um, This guy, Pat uh, Peitzel, decided to help him uh, scam insurance companies. You know, they went on a little criminal spree together. And uh, once the World's Fair ended, Chicago's economy wasn't doing too well. So uh, Triple H decided to leave his death murder castle behind and focus on insurance scam, you know. (laughs) <laughs> looking up, <laughs> you know? So he went to uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And if you remember my podcast episode about death row inmates, last meal request, remember that episode? Uh, you never, ever, ever commit a crime in Texas then or now because they have the death penalty and they love to fucking use it. Okay. <laughs> they love it. Anywho, he inherited a property, um, he inherited property from two railroad heiresses who were sisters. He promised to marry one of them and ended up killing both of them. So there you go. Which means, um, he got them to sign over, uh, their property to him first, because that's how Triple H rolls. You know, I'm saying? So from there, he traveled through the United States to Canada and there is no evidence that he killed anyone on his travels, but it is said that he killed over 200 people. Now, finally, in 1894, he was arrested for the first time for stealing horses And then taking them all the way to St. Louis and selling them motherfuckers. That's what he did. He sold them motherfuckers. Now, (laughs) I don't know why it came out all motherfuckers. He showed them motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. All right. What's that dude's name on King in the Hill? Boom Howard. You never know what the fuck he's saying. Uh, But while while he was in jail, he figured out a whole new insurance scam with his cellmate's uh, Marion H- Hedgepeth, which I gotta say, if <laughs> if if you're gonna go into business into business with anyone, you just make sure it's your cellmate. Make sure it's your cellmate, and also Marion Hedgepeth. Did the 1800s just not give a shit about names? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) No wonder these kids were bullied. Look at these names. God. All right. Anyway, these two fools came up with a bright idea to take out an insurance policy for $10,000 and Holmes uh, would fake his own death. He would fake his own death and to hook up Marion with $500 in exchange for hooking him up with a lawyer that can help them down the road if he came across any problems trying to claim this insurance money. Now, of course, when they tried this plan, uh, the insurance company was like, uh, this seems like bullshit and didn't pay them anything. So Triple H decided to try a similar plan, but this time he would get his friend, Benjamin, uh, Peitzel to fake his death while pretending to be someone else. So You know, however, he actually, uh, he pretty much killed his only friend and collected the insurance money for himself, which is pretty fucked up. Uh, Thank you, Stella. Um, (laughs) welcome back. All right, so... The plan that Holmes and Benjamin had was that Benjamin would agree to fake his own death so that his wife could collect ten thousand dollars on his life shirt of his life insurance of his life insurance policy. His wife was supposed to split that money with triple h and of course triple h 's excel mate Marion for the lawyer. Now, everything was supposed to take place in Philadelphia, and Benjamin was supposed to make himself appear to be uh, an inventor using, I think the name was B.F. Perry, just some random name that wasn't his, and he was supposed to be uh, disfigured and killed in a lab explosion. Now, Triple H was supposed to find a cadaver to be in the place of Benjamin uh, Peitzel, but it did not go as planned, as I said earlier, you know, uh Benjamin, he did, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> there was a trial and some argue that uh Peitzel was an alcoholic and he was experiencing depression. So, you know, clearly he killed himself. That's what they were trying to say. But either way, Triple H was able to collect the insurance policy because, you know, 1800s. And then he, uh, he convinced Benjamin's wife, uh, into giving him custody of, of their, um, of three of their five children, uh, for some insane reason. I'm sure there was a reason, but I didn't really dig too deep into that. I just would not ever give my kids to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. (laughs) So, you know, I don't understand what the fuck she was doing there, but, um, But I gotta say, he was definitely the best con man probably to ever live, because I cannot imagine a mother just being like, yeah, take these kids. So he traveled with three children throughout the um throughout the northern United States as well as Canada. Um you know, from what what I found here. Now, she still thought her husband Benjamin Peitzel was alive, but and that he had only faked his death. But Triple H convinced her that he had to stay in, in uh, stay in hiding so that they wouldn't be found out. You know, he was also lying about her children. As far as she knew, everyone was alive and well, but that was not the case. Now, Philadelphia, you know, everybody was dead. I feel like you guys got that. Everybody, everybody's dead. Okay. So Philadelphia police, uh, along with the Pinkerton um, uh, detective agency, uh, they followed him and discovered the decomposing bodies of, uh, a Benjamin's, uh, of Benjamin Peitzel's children, excuse me, in Toronto. So like I said, they did. He had no idea about the, about, um, no idea, but a, uh, Philadelphia detective was tracking him the entire time. He knew that Holmes was... He knew that Holmes went to Indianapolis where he rented a cottage and was seen visiting a local pharmacy to purchase the very drugs that were used to kill Benjamin Peitzel, his old time buddy. Now he also came across a pair, a repair shop, a repair, a repair shop (laughs) for, uh, for the use to sharpen the knives that were used to chop up the bodies before he would burn them. So that's, there's that. They even found teeth and and bits of bone uh, that were discovered in the chimney, which is gross <laughs> which is gross, gross, gross <laughs> You know, so Marion. His cellmate was pissed off that he did not receive any money in the first place. So he was like, uh, I'ma go ahead and turn you mother sucker in because you didn't give me my money. So I'ma go ahead and dial 911 and be like, fuck you, <laughs> you know, because that's how you get your revenge. <laughs> I'm over myself. I really am. Okay. So Marion decided to tell the police what was going on uh, about the plan of the insurance scams. And the police found Triple H in Boston and arrested him on an outstanding warrant that they had on him in Texas for stealing the horses. So when he was arrested, Chicago police decided, you know what, this is a good time to investigate and take a look at this big ass building that he built. You know, you remember the murder castle. Yeah. So this is where they discovered all the strange and horrible things that he had done, you know, uh, torturing and murdering people. That's pretty bad. Things were horrible in that place. Police, uh, they even found dismembered and like bodies that were so badly dismembered and disfigured that they could not even determine how many bodies were actually there, which is just, uh, you know? Okay. So before you know it, the investigation, uh, spread through Indianapolis, Chicago, and Toronto. It was in fucking sane. They say, uh, his victim count could, could have been as high as, I don't know, over 230 people based on, the missing persons report at the, the missing persons reports at the time, as well as his own testimony in court, but they could never get a solid number because he even claimed to kill people that were still alive and people that never really seemed to exist as if he was just trying to get the highest count murder count that he could or or something like that. But then again, also, 1800s. It's, it was easy for people to disappear, change their names. So just because they couldn't locate these people to see if they were still alive or if they really existed does not mean that he killed them. So that makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, (laughs) yeah. So like I said, not to mention, you know, during the world's fair, people were traveling all over the world. So it's very possible that these people, never made it back home because they just didn't fucking want to go home as possible, you know, and because they, they weren't from Chicago, they may have not even been, you know, reported missing in Chicago. Like you can't, you know what I mean? You can't just call the Chicago police. Uh, you know, when you live in fucking, I don't know, Italy and be like, Hey man, uh, I can't find Susan, I don't know why someone in Italy's name is Susan. There's got to be a bitch in Italy whose name is Susan. I can't find fucking Susan in Chicago. Can you guys give us a call back? Remember 1800s, no phones. <laughs> so it makes sense. Um, all right. So the number 27 seems to be the only number that's kind of verified. Mm, It's a lot of question marks here, honestly. Although it was uh, very difficult to know the exact amount of bodies that were found in the hotel because they were so badly dismembered or decomposed. It was difficult to tell how many bodies there were, which once again is gross and fucking horrible. Uh, can you imagine the Yelp reviews at the murder hotel? Jesus Christ. Uh, one star, uh, there was a, uh, there was a dismembered body part uh, <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> uh, I had to give them two stars, found the, found the disembodied head in the mini fridge. A little weird, but you know, <laughs> Room service was subpar, (laughs) whatever. All right. So he put, he was put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Peitzel. Uh, mm. Thank you, Stella. He was put on on trial for the murder of Benjamin Peitzel and he confessed uh, to 27 murders in Toronto, Chicago, and Indianapolis. And he even admitted to attempted murders. Uh, the Hearst papers actually paid him, uh, I think it was like $7,500 in exchange for his confessions. Now the Hearst paper has, the Hearst, behind the Hearst paper have uh, a very interesting story as well. I'm not sure if you guys heard of Patty Hearst, but uh, there was a whole other thing that happened in the seventies. I think it was the seventies where like Patty Hearst was kidnapped and she got Stockholm syndrome real fucking bad and became like a political, I don't know, crazy person. I don't know. Google that shit. Maybe I'll do another podcast episode on that. All right, moving on. So he told them, he told the Hearst paper, uh, that he committed a bunch of murders. I mean, he got $7,500 in exchange for his confession. So clearly he just like, I'm going to just tell you shit, just, just stuff. (laughs) Just, just stuff. By the way, uh, the sky is black in the middle of the day. (laughs) Grass is blue and cows say meow. It it doesn't fucking matter, you know? So he told them that he committed these murders because he was possessed by Satan. And then at one, and sometimes he would claim that he was innocent. He would just say a lot of things. So he told so many stories and lies that, and that's actually one of the reasons why there are so many question marks in his case and not just his case about his fucking life because he was a goddamn liar. So I, I everything I've said could be just a bunch of bullshit. I don't know. I mean, a lot of this has been proven. I'm not lying. Not, not everything I'm saying has question marks, but there are more question marks, uh, <laughs> behind HH H. Holmes. That's for damn sure. All right. So lucky for us, May 7th, 1896, he was put to death at a Moyam Singh prison, which I'm sure I fucked up the name of that, which was also known as the Philadelphia County prison, uh, nine days before his birthday. Actually, he was, he was hung. Now the best part, um, was that he was put to death by hanging. Like I should have mentioned that he was put to death by hanging. But the, the, the true best part was that, um, when he was hung or hanged, hung, hanged? How do you pass tense hang someone? (laughs) I don't know. He was hung, but his neck did not snap immediately. So they say that he hung there for over 15 minutes, slowly dying, which honestly, I feel like that kind of fits the mold because of all the horrible experiments and tortures that he performed on so many innocent people. I feel like, you know, Uh, slowly dying for 15 minutes is the least that he deserved at, 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 I think, you know what I'm saying? They should have cut his dick off first and then hung him. That's just me, but you know, I'm weird and cruel. Okay. So, (laughs) oh my goodness. So he had a request that his body would be buried in concrete so that no one could ever dig him up and dissect his body like he had done to so many fucking people. Which you know, fuck him. But for some dumbass reason, they decided to grant him his last request, and you, know, ugh, fuck him, fuck him. It's a good thing that I wasn't a judge at this time because I would have told him to go fuck himself. Plus, I'm black and female, so there's no way I would have been a fucking judge in the 1800s. Honestly, <laughs> just no fucking way. <laughs> I think, I think the land that the Myrtle Castle sat on. Uh, 63rd and Wallace, I, I think it's a post office now. So there's that. You don't ha- if you can't get there, that's fine. Check out Google earth. I'm sure you can define that location there. And, and I, I believe it's a post office. So yeah, there's a random fact for you guys. And, uh, there's some information about America's, uh, first modernized American serial killer. So yeah, he fucking killed people. If there's anything that you can take from this podcast episode, it's you'd never truly know anyone. <laughs> you really don't. And uh, also, serial killers are assholes. Professionally silly life rules. I'm trying to educate y'all, okay? <laughs> I certainly hope that you guys enjoyed this creepy and weird episode of Professionally Silly. Triple H was such a prick. I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) And there's so much more info out there about him. Um, He wrote um, uh, some memoirs himself. So if you want to get his books or his memoirs, you can. There's so much stuff on him. YouTube is littered in his bullshit. Love it. You know. Um, I just pretty much touched on the best parts, honestly, <laughs> you know, the research for this episode was insane. So I, uh, I certainly hope that you will show your support by hooking your girl up by leaving me five star review on Apple podcasts. That'd be fire. And uh, that'll actually, like I said before, it will actually help me uh, get my podcast out there to those who haven't yet heard of professionally silly yet. So that'd be dope. I'm just a squirrel in your world trying to get a nut, baby. So hook me up with some nuts. you know, <laughs> Meaning help me, help me share my kick-ass podcast with, with, with a friend. All right. That, that came out wrong. I heard it. Leave me alone. <laughs> and don't forget, uh, you know, to leave a review anywhere that allows you to review this podcast, especially Apple podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Let's show them that a solo podcaster can do it too okay we out here alive and kicking entertaining motherfuckers by ourselves with no one to bounce shit off of it's all me honey keep it 100 all right let me stop being so extra all right so also guys if there is a podcast out there that you like do that podcaster a favor and leave them a five-star review for their podcast on apple podcast as well because let me tell you something it makes our fucking day to know that our listeners are not only listening, but they're enjoying what they're listening to. We love that shit. It's a visual validation that every content creator wants to fucking experience. So don't hold out. Give that to me. Give that to us, you know? They wanna know that their research and hard work, sacrifice, and creativity isn't only appreciated, but also enjoyed, you know? So. Yeah, there, there are so many amazing podcasts out there. So just click that little magnifying glass search button thingy and just go ham, go ham. Oh, and guys, uh, send in your ghost stories, true crime stories, alien stories, confessions, embarrassing moments, whatever you got. I am hoping to do some listener stories in the future, listener story episodes in the future. And, um, you, you can be anonymous if you want, just let me know my email is below in the show notes, or you can, um, hit me up on my Google voice, call or text, leave me a message. That would be fucking dope. I've got one story so far. I will most likely, uh, share that one next week, but I'm hoping eventually to be able to do a whole podcast episode solely from listeners and things that they want to share. That'd be great. Uh, check out the show notes uh, down below for some bonus info, like my social media information. I've got uh TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I've got a YouTube channel also called Professionally Silly, which is very different from this podcast. On my channel, Professionally Silly, I, I just started a new series on it called Paranormal Blacktivity, which you get. I'm black hunting ghosts. You feel me? There you go not a lot to uh, to figure out there. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's been a lot of fun. I have had some very interesting experiences. So make sure you guys check out Paranormal Blacktivity on my YouTube channel, Professionally Silly. We, but we do other things there too. It, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Check it out. It's, it's visually pleasing. It's visually pleasing. So if you're caught up on the silly audibly, go check me out visually. You know what I'm saying? Let's get professionally silly, baby. Once again, guys, I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. So (laughs) feel free to call in uh, about any episode of Professionally Silly that you've heard through the Anchor app, or you can go ahead and uh, call slash text my Google voice number for a chance to be featured uh, on my podcast, 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. And um, I actually have a text message uh, coming from a listener that I want to share with you guys real quick. And uh, it says, Demage here. I'm only here for, um, I'm only in the first story and I'm like, yes, I'm not getting rid of my dog for nobody. That's what Damage De- what says. She was talking about the last podcast episode right before this one, hilarious Craigslist ads. <laughs> that was a, that was a fun episode. <laughs> Take a listen to that and you'll see. Exactly what Demage was talking about. Literally the very first ad I shared in that episode is what she's talking about. Thanks so much for hitting me up, Dimaje. Thank you for texting. You rock, girl. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I do hope that I have more than one listener, though. I do. Because <laughs> she's the only one texting and emailing and calling in and stuff so show your girl that you're listening that you're feeling me send me a text 805-664-1828 you motherfuckers have your phones in your hand at all times so you know hook a bitch up with a text message (laughs) until next time my loves watch where you step because there are pieces of shit everywhere Or in this case, you know, body parts. (laughs) And if you're all caught up on the silly, check out these dope ass podcast promos from a few of my favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Taylor Renee. And I'm Isaiah. We're back. We're still fat and we still have fucking opinions. And I also struggle with skinny jeans specifically because a lot of times men's skinny jeans, the calf to ankle ratio on skinny jeans It's really important. If you have to constantly tell someone that you're not a liar, Mm. chances are you lie a lot. So I could see how you would get to, if you have to constantly say you love your body, chances are you don't love it. Mm. But you also have to think about how large bodies are seen in society and how we would need to kind of overcompensate with Mm -hmm. us telling you that we do love our bodies because it's hard to believe at first. It's not my goal to inconvenience you by being fat. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to make that clear. It's like when you have leftovers in the fridge and you come home from work ready to eat your leftovers just to find out that that bitch ass nigga sleeping in your bed ate your leftovers. I want to say shake and go wigs. You know, when it says it on the package that you take it out and you shake it and then you go, does that mean that you should do that? It means that you, you know, should put some time and energy into crafting this wig so that it feels good and it looks good on your head. Welcome to fat people with opinions, bitch. You shouldn't ever call me a fat ass Kelly Price. Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also a host of the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later! Hey, True Crime listeners, check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say Goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDPodcast or visit our website, ISGDPodcast.com. Hey gamer, my trusted companion confidant slash spirit animal, I don't know if I can convey to the audience how great this podcast is within 60 seconds. Wait, what? I mean, yeah, it's called the LD Podcast because all the information and things you may learn here may cause you overdose. What? I mean, yeah, if you come here with an open mind, heart, perspective, you'll leave with everything plus some laughter. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, yeah, we talk about everything under the sun, around the sun, and in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah that's true. Huh? What? And yeah, it's a perfect place to work on your verbal roundhouses. Damn it, I chose wisely. You heard him here, folks, all right? Here at the OD Podcast, where doses may vary, you get everything you need to become a better person and less of a jerk, all right? Come join us. We promise you'll learn and leave with something amazing. We love you. Come stay with us.